Hi, and welcome to Daily Dose Bunny. This is episode nine. I'm super excited to talk with Stephanie, the founder of The Kin Store. For the past few months during the UK's lockdown, she has been working on her passion project and started delving into her creative talents and finally found the time to build her creative online store where you can find something you love to hang in your home. This is a great conversation if you want to hear all about the struggles in the UK, the current lockdown and how to build your passion by just using your time to learn something new online. Listen up if you want to hear more about how Stephanie started her online shop. Hi, Steph, and welcome to the show. Tell us more about how the lockdown in the UK has inspired you to pursue your passion to start the Kin Store. Hi, Danny. Um, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, God, yeah, so I'm a full-time student. So being in lockdown um, in the UK, one, there isn't actually that much to do in Manchester where I am. Um so I started looking on Skillshare and thinking, what can I teach myself? And, you know, I've always been creative and like, doing art at school. And when I found an illustration course, um, I just really took to it. I actually didn't finish the course. I think I got about halfway through and was kind of like, oh, I can do this. Um, so I must have just really sort of took to it and found my own style quite soon on um, and started on my iPad using Illustrator and literally just it kind of snowballed and I started thinking about you know, how can I turn this into a bit of a side hustle um, and that's where the kind store started and um, just wanted to share my love of um minimal arts and sort of soft hues and shapes um but yeah that's where it sort of started that's so amazing I feel like so many friends of mine this year have sort of gotten into their passions and try to learn new skills and it's like a lot of people are sort of seeking out those things just to get through this wild year so I think that's right (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I think it's as well. Uh, Our lives have slowed down dramatically. I feel like everyone's been able to stop, take a breath and really sort of reframe their perspective on life and sort of, you know, people in jobs that they're not particularly happy with that they actually didn't realize because they're in this rat race of you know working up the ladder um but yeah I think lockdown has been a blessing in disguise oh definitely I couldn't agree more I think I've spoken to so many people this year that is like I've I found what I like like I've realized my job isn't for me or I've realized I want something else in life like it's not all about work and travel anymore but so much about self-discovery um, and just figuring out what you really want out of life. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's so great you took this opportunity to build out your passion and your creativity. Um, so, yeah, so I did see on your website that you are focusing on sustainability. Can you tell me more about how you're incorporating that into your art and what else do you think the art community can be doing to help support this cause? 
Oh, well, um, well, I think it's definitely like watching a few documentaries this year has really sort of opened my eyes up a little bit more. I know there was a big push for being sustainable and eco-friendly. Um, so in terms of printing, um, I wanted to make sure that I picked a sort of company that had the sort of goals in mind and sort of use that as the forefront of selling them to me and so basically in order to try and do my part um sort of for the planet and whatnot is to make sure that when an order is placed on my website um we try to find the nearest printing location as close to your home address as possible so we're trying to cut down on both delivery time and CO2 emissions. Um, I don't like the thought of, you know, sort of overseas delivery and shipping. Um, so I do try to keep it in country if possible. Uh, but I know that can't happen in every country around the world. Um, and in terms of materials that are used it's the paper is printed on like really long lasting museum quality uh paper so hopefully with that it's going to be long lasting and something that you can treasure for a really long time to come um instead of having to throw things out we want to create a world where we're using materials that are long lasting um, and in terms of the frames I use, are all natural wood, um, if possible. Definitely in around the world, sort of like from the US, it's made from natural ash. Um, Asia and Pacific region um, is used from definitely a wood that I can't pronounce. <laughs> so I won't even myself to try. Uh, but yeah, Europe's woods are made from natural oak which is actually a really good wood, if you know nothing about woods. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about woods, so I'm learning a lot. <laughs> no, I consulted with my dad. He, um, he works for Barker and Stonehouse. Um, so he definitely noted woods, told me, yes, that's a good one. <laughs> well, you can always trust your dad for good advice. So, Oh, God, yeah, he loves it. It's quite nice feeling like, like my whole family have loved watching me sort of do something different with like my creative side. So at the moment it's just been sort of like the past few years have all been academic. So it's quite nice. Yeah, definitely. I can imagine diversifying a bit. Actually, a lot of the girls I've been chatting to here in Hong Kong that also are starting up with their businesses are, funny enough, lawyers by trade or in the finance industry. And then I think for them, it's so important to to tap into their creative space. So they're all doing some really great creative stuff on the side, um, but just very funny as it's so opposite to their day jobs. Yeah, yeah. And you often do find that, I think. I think a lot of people are closet creatives. Like, I think you'll find that definitely, um, like, even with my brother, he started his own podcast as well. Um, and he's the sort of a data analytic, gosh, I don't even know what he does. It's just, all I know is he works with numbers. 
<laughs> it sounds intense. <laughs> but yeah, I can yeah. imagine like he must be so overwhelmed that he needs a different type of outlet to balance him and, and tap into his other talents and skills. Mm. For sure. So I love the art on your website. It's very feminine, very minimalistic um, and eco-friendly as well as you just mentioned. Um, what drives your style of the art direction you've chosen to go? Um, I think from I, from traveling around, sort of, um, I did a lot of sort of like, I remember when I went backpacking um, through sort of Southeast Asia and Australia, I remember taking like a sort of a journal slash notepad sort of, I remember that's all I used to scratch is like the women and make, sort of signs and take down words that I really liked. So you'll notice like even on the website, you'll find a text print. And I really do love wording as well, but mostly it. I love drawing females. I don't know what it is about our bodies. I just think the curves and I think it's really important to sort of express our female body in such a beautiful way as you know there's been so many years decades of the female body like the nakedness of it being portrayed in such a negative light throughout the media and um, I think it's important to sort of celebrate us um, but yeah I do like I, I do love a flair of minimal in there, like you said. Like, it's very, I like statues and sort of monochrome prints. I'm a little bit obsessed, I think. <laughs> but I think it's great. There's some consistency with your art that I think people would really like to sort of buy into, you know, um, if that's the type of style they like. Um, so I think it's just, you know, great you as an artist finding your identity and, and your style. And I'm sure it will grow and develop as you continue in this field. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I think it's nice to, like, it's nice hearing feedback about the art as well because, you know, I think we, we're in such an atmosphere and environment where we're we, we rush through everything. We spend 30 seconds, if that, on a website or, you know, online gallery. I think it's really important sometimes to slow down and really take in what the print means. And I've hoped on a lot of the uh, descriptions on my website, I've tried to sort of explain what it means to me um, in a sort of sense that sort of, you know, maybe on some of them, I tell you where it's drawn. So it may be drawn on a Sunday morning and this piece holds a lot of emotion. It represents a woman comfortable in her skin, walking around her apartment and looking herself in the mirror and being completely at peace. Just, I think it creates a real image and sort of the direction that maybe I want myself to be able to get to. Um, I find that a lot in the pieces that I draw. Yeah, I mean, I see that. I think that's why I one of my girlfriends actually recommended you for the podcast. And um, when I saw your 
page I was like oh I love her style and direction so (laughs) definitely and I think it's great that you personalize sort of what the piece means to you and um, I think that's really important is the understanding also what it means to you as an artist yeah that's really nice to hear actually that you went on on my page and and noticed that no I mean yeah I think like you just said earlier like it's so nice to get positive feedback and positive reinforcement that what you're doing is in some way inspiring other people or um, in alignment with the visual things they like so I think it's always very helpful to get that that's why getting really good reviews is sometimes also such a great um, pat on the back you know knowing that you're doing the right thing or that other people appreciate what you're doing Mm, yeah that's so true sometimes I really do feel like I'm just putting it out to no one <laughs> and I'm not exactly. getting it. <laughs> it's like a big black hole of social media it's like did anyone notice what I just did or did it just yeah. disappear in the mass <laughs> I know it's so crazy um so besides starting this great project that you're working on and, and great business um to develop your art how have you been coping with the ups and downs of the lockdowns in the UK? And how can you advise others to focus on their passions and sort of find their niche during this time? I mean, I think I, I was in a very lucky situation where because I'm a full-time student at the moment, I had like three to four months just off and not having to concentrate on any deadlines, no work meetings or anything like that. So it's a bit like, well, yeah, I just had the time to. So I I don't know what I'd be able to recommend or advise anyone who is actually working full time because you don't really get a chance to stop and hold up and really evaluate what you're doing. Um, So... For me personally, if there's any other students out there, I would definitely um, take advantage of the time off that you have. Sign up to the, the three three months on Skillshare and just have a look and take advantage of free online courses. Sort of explore. If there's something that you wanted to do for a long time, you're not going to regret trying it. So I just take the plunge. And even in your spare time, like weekends and things like that, I think, yeah, you won't regret it. Couldn't agree more. I feel like there's so many courses and things you can do at this point online. So we really don't have any excuse if we do want to learn something new. Um, Especially, like you say, we're not rushing around traveling, doing all of this. We do have a bit more time. Um, Mm. So definitely good advice. Um, So, yeah, so sometimes personally I would say that I I struggle to get motivated or I I miss being inspired. And that's sort of why I decided to start this podcast is because this year has been a bit of a year of like less socializing, less traveling, uh, less connecting with new people. Um, And the podcast has really solved that for me where I've been able to connect with girls or women from around the world doing their own thing. And that's really been motivating me. What has been helping you during the lockdown um, sort of getting you excited and motivated about what you're doing? Um, Gosh. um, 
Well, to be honest, like I love my city that I live in. Um, I don't actually feel like lockdown itself has been bad at all. Like I, I personally don't feel like I struggle. I Right, let's get this straight. I'm an introvert. So... Got it. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> when I've been speaking to people about them, you know, struggling with like no social life, and I've just been sat there thinking, I don't feel the same. I you think it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna say, great. I don't have to come up with excuses to not see anyone anymore. Um, <laughs> but no, I. I I'm a bit of a, I'm, what's that word, the phrase that people say? It's like a, an extroverted introvert where like, I do, if I was locked in a room by myself, I would be fine. Like I would entertain myself, just me, you know, doing my thing, I would love it. But in the same breath, I could be shoved into a room full of people and be fine. Like I can get, like I would speak to anybody and sort of I feel like I can I'm sort of that I jump between the two worlds I guess um so I guess like back to your question of um it, motivation wise um I'm actually really bad at self-starting I tend to do the things that interest me most so when I'm juggling my creative side opposed to my academic I don't want to touch anything academic um, I'd rather sit with my iPad and pen and draw which is I think um that's not good when I've got deadlines coming up but um that's something I actually personally need to work on. Um, so I don't have any advice for that one. Yeah, I mean, I totally understand. I feel like we obviously give more time to the things that we enjoy and is our passion. So I get that. But I, I do think like, I think it's nice to have those honest conversations with, um, you know, sometimes it is hard to get motivated and get going. Sometimes it hard, it's hard to plan everything, especially lo a lot of people are working from home or working alone. Mm. And I, I think I've heard from a lot of people that it's definitely changed how they communicate. It's changed how they've obviously had to work. Um, and a lot of people that are starting their own businesses, like now you're doing two jobs um, and just being able to juggle that and remain balanced. So um, it's just, you know, having those honest conversations of, yes, it's not always easy. Um, and we have up and down days, you know, and that's why I think connecting with other people who are starting their own businesses and doing things is so important because you are able to vent and understand the struggles and, and motivate each other and help sort of network. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. And I do love the fact that you started this podcast because it is sort of a reason to connect um, as well, because we can sometimes get in a bit of a slump of being in this lockdown um, routine of just going days without reaching out to friends or, you know, having a meaningful discussion with somebody. And we need that as humans. 
Oh, definitely. For sure. I think that's what made me the most excited about starting the podcast is like now I have a reason to message people on Instagram and be like, hey, do you want to collaborate? <laughs> and it's just great because like it's it's the perfect excuse to, to you know, start a conversation and, and get to meet really awesome people doing awesome things. So, wow. yeah, so... The, the digital content on your page, I absolutely love, as I mentioned before. Um, I love the feed for the Kin store as well as your personal channel. Um, so what are your own tips and ideas um, about what you've learned doing digital media or digital content creation? Oh, thank you. Um, that means a lot because I actually do put a lot of effort, I would say, into... Um, making it look I mean aesthetically pleasing it's more for myself I love looking at my feed and being proud of it um with my personal account it's very much um I love photography so it's an it's a way for me to sort of express and sort of show off I guess because that's what social media is for right we all show off what we think personally is great um, and as well with my Lightroom presets, I sort of, I love creating a feed that's sort of expressive of Manchester, the city I'm in, which has been great for lockdown because I've been able to walk around and take photos and it's been inspiring me that way that uh, sort of runs through to my kind store um, Instagram page. Um in terms of tips and ideas that I've learned when it comes to sort of content creation is um, I love the app. Have you heard of the app Preview? Yes, I do know Preview. Yeah, I just love that. Like I can spend so long, more than what I probably should, just moving around the tiles um, of the Instagram feed and like making sure that well, the colors look all nice together and they offset at each end of the rows and things like that. Um, but no, yeah, that's something that, and as well, Pinterest, I love Pinterest for inspiration on everything. Oh, I can disappear for hours <laughs> on Pinterest. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> it's so good though, isn't it? Um, it, oh, it is. Whatever I need, I'm just going to be like, oh, Pinterest has it for me. I'll just go look there. Yeah. yeah. It's become like my second Google oh, in some ways, I guess. You need, need a um, motivational quote, Pinterest. Sort of. Exactly. Oh, God, it's so good. Um, it is. Yeah, most <laughs> of, sort of the quotes I pick up or like um, color schemes, and I have so many yeah, folders, so many. Um, oh god it's sickening thinking about it I've got so many folders just <laughs> travel in just, like in it, sort of and homemade like drinks and lattes and things that was a massive thing wasn't it do you ever do that during lockdown the um what's that there's that Italian latte where you made your own like throft on top of milk and ice Oh, no, I haven't tried that. I, I definitely save recipes on there, but I don't make coffee because I feel like in Asia or Hong Kong, I have all the coffee shops right by my front door. So I never really look at uh, they coffee or drink recipes. Was they open during lockdown? 
Well, we've not really been on a proper lockdown. Ah. Like we have restrictions, but I've never had to stay home besides when I quarantined from traveling. Yeah. So, but we've actually been fairly free here. I mean, just considering like the limitation of two people or restaurants closing a bit earlier or working from home for a bit, but we were always able to roam about and do our daily activities pretty freely. So we were lucky. Oh no, we definitely were not. Um, <laughs> so I think most of the sort of I, I definitely saw it across a lot of European um, Instagram accounts. We it was like banana baking bread. It was like um, you made your own coffees and things like that. Um, and you know what was a really cool trend? Um, people were making their own mirror frames. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, with like this, um, you know that, I think it's that stuff that fills in holes in the wall. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know what, what is that called? Filler? No, I don't, <laughs> yeah, well, filler. I don't know. <laughs> really Master, simple. maybe? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so many trends going around and I feel like on that sort of topic that how do you feel in terms of like all these social trends and whatnot that's been flying around that's been shifted to you can do it at home instead of having to go to Paris and take a photo in front of the Eiffel Tower and that's how you get on the trending um, explore pages and things like that we can do it from our home and still sort of that content I think has been liked quite a lot yeah I think personally like I've always loved brands like Ikea and um, you know brands that do a lot of DIY yeah. and educational videos it becomes more like a integrated um, like it's not just I'm buying a product but you're integrating and helping me make improve my life somehow so I do know that a lot of like DIY videos do particularly well on social media they like if you watch the Google trend reports that those are probably some of the highest watched ones obviously below celebrity videos and stuff like that um, so I, I personally love the shift of digital conversation during COVID because it's become more sensitive mm. I think people we've learned because normally like you said Instagram can be our highlight reel where we're not really real. Um, and I think during COVID, people have become a bit more real. Like, yes, I need some type of motivation right now. Yes, um, I need more like online group calls because I'm missing friends. So people are a bit more sympathetic and empathetic, I guess is the correct word, um, with what they're posting and stuff like that. Even me, who I wasn't particularly conscious sometimes of what I was posting, I became a lot more aware of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't post this because I think some people in South Africa or wherever is on proper lockdown and it doesn't look good if I post this, even though our con each country has different rules. But I think you just become a bit more aware. Um, and I love the conversation shift to emotional intelligence and um, and being able to to you know just focus more on the important things and our passions and definitely the large spike in online courses has been really great. But I also think there's a lot that you need to sift through um, because so many people are promoting all these things now, and and you really got to figure out is it worth it for you. 
um, when it comes to the paid versus the free ones. And, and like you said, just, just finding your passion and, and trying to teach yourself online is, is a great tool, but um, there's so much of it out there now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a great shift because I think a lot of brands have realized how important being online is. And um, a lot of them have had to make that shift a lot faster because of this year. So, so yeah, it's been an interesting year for sure. A lot of trending topics, as you say, but I think each city has been quite different um, because even the rules for the quarantining and, and all of that's been quite different. So like, like what you just said, like I didn't even know that was trending because I haven't really experienced that here in Hong Kong. But interesting to hear that that type of content was obviously trending in the UK and um, across Europe where you guys have had stricter lockdowns. Yeah, that's that's quite interesting, actually, because like. I do think I'm um, touching upon what you said earlier about being more sensitive. You've seen social media influencers um, sort of ripping back the you know I mean now they're starting to crawl out of their houses and you know go to the Maldives and whatnot but um during lockdown it was very much like you know throwing up a bed sheet and taking photos of themselves inside their home you know showing projects that everyone can do you know it's not that sort of it's not that distant anymore, I don't think. It still is, and it's still obviously very curated, but it's all photos and activities that the average person can do, which I do feel like is something that people <laughs> of such influence should be sort of working towards in 2021, is trying to keep their content very sort of attainable and, you know, still... Obviously, we, we're drawn to them because of their sort of everything so aesthetically pleasing. And, you know, we, we sort of, there's that touch of envy that we, that's why we like following their lives. Um, but it's been nice to see the shift in being stripped back and more relatable. For sure. And I think it's also just inclusion and making everyone feel like we're in this together because we are all in this together. Yeah. Um, so I think there's definitely, it's been great, like you said, to see that and it's been more inclusive. Um, but definitely, I think people need to always remember that social media is a highlight reel and people who choose not to be honest on it. That's just, you know, I always feel like people have different uh, levels of vulnerability. Um, and I think even for me, being vulnerable to a certain level on social media is not always easy because there's a lot I don't want to say. But I do know that when people are a bit more vulnerable and real on social media, that that's really when you build your niche. That's really when people buy into you because they can relate so much more because you're willing to be a little bit more vulnerable about maybe your struggles or something and how you are working through it and then how that becomes a solution or a support system for them. And that's how you then build your network. Um, so I do see that that the influencers that are a bit more open and vulnerable about things I personally are more inclined to follow rather than those that pretend to have a picture perfect life um, because, you know, that's just not real. Uh, so I, there's definitely that major shift as well now is being more vulnerable, 
having that community, being more real. Um, but we'll see how many influencers actually really adapt that and consider that going into 2021 as restrictions get lifted a bit. Mm. Yeah. So um, on the topic of things changing and being a bit difficult, um, what were some of the toughest things you had to learn while building your business? Um, and what do you feel most proud of with what you've accomplished? Um, oh, God, definitely the toughest thing is actually building a following which can then turn into a customer base because I feel like, it. I mean, because I've only really had um, sort of my personal page, which grew naturally, um, and then my presets page, which I wasn't too, you know, it was just there to showcase my presets that I was using on my personal page. So really I had two Instagram accounts that were sort of pushing um, photo filters, but then starting my illustration and sort of graphic design page from zero, it was kind of a bit of a kick in the teeth. I was like, I thought that I would start it and then I would get, you know, all these followers and they would be like so interested, um, you know, but then I slowly realized that it doesn't work like that. Um, and that the Instagram is a very saturated market of so many different talents and people that are way more talented than I am. Um, so that's been the toughest thing to try and how to utilize. It's like trying to figure out how to utilize social media um, to sort of just get my artwork out there. That's kind of been the hardest thing. Um, but the, the thing I feel most proud about and um, what I've accomplished is actually starting, you know, taking the plunge. I think, you know, a lot of people I speak to are going, oh yeah, I'd always, I've always wanted to do this or sort of, you know, oh, I'd love to do this one day. Um, but no one actually had sort of followed through. Um, so I think maybe my biggest sort of like this year, shall we say, uh, that I feel most proud of is actually taking the plunge and starting uh, an online business. Um, you know, instead of sort of fearing it, I've, I've kind of, you know, combated all of the negative thoughts in my head and just kind of gone for it, you know, while I can. Yeah, and I think that's so brave. And a lot of people forget like that fear is always there, like fear of being rejected, fear of starting your own thing, fear of it not succeeding. And obviously it's not good to make fear-based decisions, but unfortunately we have that in us and and taking that plunge and overcoming it is just such a great feeling. Even if you don't succeed, um, at least we all learn so many lessons in doing it. And I think that's the most important thing that I always keep reminding myself. It's like, it's not easy to to wake up and be like, should I focus on my own thing? Should I rather have a nine to five job? It seems so much easier. Um, and then just breaking through that fear factor. And then regardless of the outcome, knowing that you've learned and you did it and it will regardless have sort of a good impact on your life. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. I mean, I know what you mean. A lot of people struggle with the uh, initial sort of launching the brand and especially when it's small businesses, I feel like being authentic and personal can be so important. Mm. Um, and I've actually had a few freelance clients where she's like, well, I have my personal account and I have my business account. But for her, it made sense to just merge the two because she is the brand. She is part of why it's selling. So I was like trying to have that separate. You'll never grow your business account as much as you can your personal account because people are following you because of you and your work is an extension of you. So for some smaller businesses to be more authentic, it makes sense just to keep it all on your personal account or drive people back there and rather curate a feed that shows who you who you are, what your lifestyle is, and what you do, and then that helps drives the authenticity and realness of the products you're selling. So not, it's not always a good idea for all businesses to split those channels. For some people, it makes more sense, sure. Um, but again, now you're managing two different channels. You're you're trying to build a brand where you already have close friends that would 100% support you. Um, so I think it's also a very tough decision and everyone always needs to be quite careful and strategically think why am I starting a whole new page with zero followers can I integrate this and rebrand my personal channel to be me because I am my brand so it's always good to go think about that oh that's actually a that's actually a really good point that sort of made me consider whether to start posting more of my artwork on my personal account because really I don't it's only sort of if I'm doing a bit of a video on my stories uh, but on my I think my personal account is very sort of surface you know it's just photos of you know Manchester or you know if I've been on holiday um, so I guess yeah it's starting to make me think like you said, with such a small business and it being sort of artwork, which you would sort of pair with being authentic, you know, you're expressing yourself on paper. Um, so I guess that does really need to be there, that person behind the pen. Definitely. Yeah. I think for especially like your creative industry, it's it's great. I follow actually a lot of artists whose work I love and their Instagram is their personal brand as well because you see the process of the artwork. You see more about who they are because remember people buy into mm. you. Um, you are the art. You are the brand. And, um, and I think sometimes, especially because we're fighting so many channels out there, you really do need to develop your niche um, by being authentically you and showing that. Um, and yes, of course, you could go ahead and start just a page with your art, but then how authentic and real does that feel and what are people connecting to? So I think that's also something to consider. Mm. Because I know a lot of people end up splitting that and I'm like, well, you just doubled all the effort. If it's something or your business or service can be merged and you can become your brand, then why would you be making double the effort? Um, rather figure out clear like pillars of communication, see how you can readjust your posting calendar and your topics and go from there. 
Um, otherwise, you're making a lot more work for yourself because some people sit with a lot of channels. And honestly, if you're not running either any of them well, then why have all of them? Rather run one or two very well and communicate very clearly than what you have like 10,000 different channels and you're not able to keep up. That makes a lot of sense actually now. I'm starting to, th I'm sitting here thinking, oh my God, I should really get off now. <laughs> i to pull the phone up like, oh God. Yeah, no, no, I mean, like, I, I've done that myself, too. I'm like, no, I want to keep everything separate because I feel like as people, we like putting things in boxes and like, oh, no, I want a separate channel for this. I'm going to that separate. But at the end of the day, we are all multifaceted people with multiple different points. And it's about learning how to brand ourselves. I think that's important. And learning how to integrate our different sides into into one channel and then hopefully get a winning recipe from that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely need to do a little bit of um, questioning you a lot. I think you'll get some going, what do you think about <laughs> this? Shall I, do you think I should do this? <laughs> well, I feel like that's why we're all here. Like I, I actually Sunday did a girls brunch and it was so lovely just to chat to other girls and, and yeah. give each other advice and hear who's doing what. And it just, it's so great to do that. So I think having a community and support system is always definitely. good. Yeah. But yeah. So do you have oh, any questions for me now that you've answered all of my oh, questions? Yes. So I uh when thinking about my questions very, you know, tactical in this because I wanted to get into the um the nitty gritty. Um and basically ask someone that sort of, you know, you're a bit of an expert in this field. So um for females starting you know, specifically creative uh, businesses such as mine um, and thinking about the very early stages. Uh, you know, mine's only been, what, a handful of months. Um, how would you recommend um, we grow our following when starting from scratch? I, I feel like I'm getting nowhere with engagement um, at the moment. So that's a good question. Um, again, I think knowing what you're currently doing, I think seeing a bit more of you and having a bit more personalized is always good. Because remember, when we share stories of behind the scenes or how I made something or you're sharing something real or you're giving someone something they can learn from, so like doing a tutorial of like, hey, I just figured out how to do this. Um, if you're interested, check out blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So now you're enticing people. You're giving them something to engage with. Because yes, it's great if you show everyone your final art. But how did you get to that? Um, is there anything I can learn from it? Uh, what inspired you? Um, you know, I think that's really important to go, go look at your, your insights, go see who's following you from where, who are they, mm. male or female, um, what posts get the most likes, how can you improve your current communication through what you're posting? Um, if you, for instance, notice another country in Europe follows you a lot then maybe focus on doing a few illustrations that's based on that part of the world or reach out to people in that area and be like hi I'd love to do a collab with you um, 
obviously you're starting up. So the more you collaborate now and the more you network, the more you'll grow. So if I were you, I would even just like do free stuff for now and be like, go find a brand you like and be like, hi, I'm a new artist. I love the stuff you're doing. I'd love to do an illustration project with you um, for free. All I ask is that you tag me or I do a giveaway with you or whatever it is. And, and now you're just expanding your network. Um, and then the more people you end up collaborating with, the more word of mouth spreads and the more you can engage. Um, but again, it's important to understand who are you talking to and what do they like? You know, do they want to see how you make things? Do they want to see who you are? Do they want to know more about why you do your art? Do they want to know more about your sustainability? So it's also about go and analyze things. So after you've posted a certain way for a month or a week, go back to your analytics and be like, well, this one did really well. This one did okay. Um, how can I make that one better? I'm definitely doing more of this because that worked well. Maybe I can make that a highlight. So it's always about reevaluating what you're putting out mm. there. That's that's a really that's a really sound um, advice actually. Uh, when thinking about sort of because I didn't even think to look into my insights. So definitely be doing that um, and sort of maybe shifting what type of posts I do. Um, and in terms of turning Instagram followers into customers, I know obviously, you know, you could be an influencer and have so many followers, yet starting a business, you know, that might not necessarily translate into a big customer base. So in terms of, you know, for small businesses, what are your advice on that? That's a very good question. <laughs> so that, that's a tough one. I think for if I had to specifically look at what you're doing, um, I would think that one thing you could do is obviously consider doing different, um, you could do discount codes. So say, for instance, you find someone who you really like and you're like, listen, I'll do a some art pieces for you but then I'm also going to give you this link and if you can put it on your profile for a bit um, I'll give your followers 15% off um, any self-portraits or I'll do something so I think trying to use partnerships to drive sales is always a good thing by giving discounts um, and turning followers into customers I think a good way again is reward programs and loyalty programs mm -hmm. So, for instance, say you have a customer that's always commenting and always liking everything and you'd be like, you know, once a month I'm going to pick my favorite follower who's always engaging and I'm going to give them a little freebie. So now you're getting them excited that they're involved um, in, in what you're doing. Or you can build up a loyalty program be like, hey, guys, if you tag a friend um, or or buy something, I'll give your next purchase a 50% off or tag a friend and I'll give them this. Also, it's about building sort of those programs into your page that people who do follow you know that you're doing a giveaway once a month or know that you're driving these types of sales. So it's all about communicating and rewarding and building that sort of loyalty system, I think. Um 
but yeah, there's so many different levels to that. Um, especially Instagram can be tricky. Definitely necessary to have the Instagram shop. They've just updated some features on that as well, which I love. Um, and I think just making sure that the consumer funnel is there and that you're communicating everything clearly will help drive those followers into customers. Ooh, yeah, that, that's some really good juicy tips there. The kind of players of sort of <laughs> note-taking since you've been um, answering these questions. Um, I hope they're interesting for everyone else listening, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. Hope so um, too. <laughs> another one as well that just steering away from that and more to management in time. Um, I'm currently studying full time in my last year, so it's pretty full on. Um, and I don't really, I don't really feel like I have the time to concentrate on my business as much as I'd like to, um, which is probably why. Um, I'm getting quite complacent with sort of posting on Instagram. Uh, but do you recommend any time management strategies to best help excel sales without having to spend hours and hours planning and sort of posting and engage? You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. There's there's a eighty twenty rule that someone asked me about the other day. Um, and I think it's really important to, again, it comes down to evaluating mm. what you're doing. So I think it takes time to understand what is your winning strategy or method. So for instance, maybe after a month, you go look at your analytics and be like, okay, well, most of the people came in through Google or Instagram or partnerships. Okay, great. So let's say partnerships or something was your strongest sales funnel, right? then you know, okay, next month I'm probably going to invest more time on building up more partnerships because that sold more products. Or I can see that this little ad that I ran for a week helped me with 10% more sales. Or actually my emails are my strong point and I'm going to focus there more. And now you know, you don't need to spread yourself thin. You're going to focus on the area that gives you the most results. Because it's all about time equals results and efforts mm. equaling results. So for me, that's why it's really important. You always go back and look what did well this month, what worked for me, what didn't, and how can I drive that back to sales next month? Um, so I think, yes, for me, building strategies and planning is very important. So normally what I do is I build like a whole year strategy. So quarter one, two, three, four. What do I need to do each quarter? What do I need to do each month? What are my highlights each quarter and month? And then I go back and be like, okay, month one, this worked well. Month two, this worked well. Month three, this worked well. So for quarter two, I'm implementing this. And then you go back and you look, okay, Q1 and Q2, what did well, what didn't do well? Okay, I'm doing this in Q3. And then at, towards the end of the year, you should have a pretty good idea of what has worked for you and what hasn't worked for you and then how to better streamline and plan your calendar for the next year because you have a better understanding of what your strongest sales funnels are, what your customers react to, what they respond to best, um, what's been a big support and what hasn't. Um, so again, for me, it's very important always to go look um, and analyze what you're doing. And then that's how you end up maximizing your time and effort to give you the best results. 
All right. So it's definitely, yeah, I think I'm going to have to, like you said, like really maximize sort of the time and maybe even sort of, remember you saying earlier, like making a list in terms of um, sort of like doing my uni work and then focusing on um, sort of like the things that are working well with my page and whatnot. But um, in terms of, and this is like one I'm really interested in as well, is what sort of um, trends do you foresee taking place um, in digital marketing for 2021? Um, in terms of, you know, social media apps, um, tools on social media um, and social trends? Good question. Um, so I think there's a lot happening um, in 2021. But for me, well, I'm based in Asia. So I think well, TikTok has become quite a big thing internationally. Um, I definitely think TikTok and Instagram is some of the front runners for next year. I also think a lot of people are really shifting towards personal messaging. So I know a lot of WhatsApp groups that are being started and a lot of businesses that are taking that sort of personalized mm. approach. Um, I do think that, um, yeah, a lot of collaboration for me, it's all about what obviously we've seen this year is people are doing a lot more webinars and social events through online. So I think the sense of community will only get stronger in 2021 and building sort of strong networks and building opportunities for people to connect and meet and learn um, is going to be so important because who knows when this will end and we'll continue to need that as people, is that deeper connection. Um, there's a girl that I, that I recently chatted to on the podcast. Her name is Ali and she started a live vibe. Mm -hmm. You should definitely talk to her. She's a student in um, Shanghai. And I love what she started because it's for the Gen Z and it's basically like an online webinar community and how you can host different events with her. And it's just such a great concept because we're going to need more of that going forward and it's authentic. And um, she's so passionate about it. So I think things like that um, is going to be so important and just collaborating in general. Like for me, collaborations have always been the stronger point of marketing rather than driving ads but ads are important as well of course um but i mean there's so many trend reports and things that i still need to read and have not read um but i would say that those are are important regarding new tools i actually don't know personally that many new ones that i'm excited about but i would so i like the shift of linkedin at the moment linkedin has become more of a platform to to sort of share more business type events and communication. And I'm enjoying the way LinkedIn is shifting and Instagram for sure. Personally, I don't use TikTok, but I do know that it's obviously a very important channel, especially being here in Asia. Um, so I do need to deep dive into that at some stage, but I wouldn't say it's know, one of my yeah. favorites. I do find myself that as soon as you do get on TikTok, you're there for hours. I will warn you, yeah, you are, will be oh, there yeah. for hours going, <laughs> literally scrolling through and most of it's just absolute trash but that's the 
sort of escapism aspect of it that I think people just like to be taken away from sort of the pressures of lockdown and sort of the heavy clouds of COVID and for us to just escape to a world where we're watching silly dance videos. Exactly. I mean, it's mindless entertainment, but yeah, I guess that is dangerous as well because you end up spending hours on it. Um, but good if you have good yeah. collaboration. But, uh, I was, I was going to say, in terms <laughs> of uh, like collaborations and things, would you um, sort of recommend sort of social media influencer or like sort of finding a brand or like what type of influencer to look for um, and what are your thoughts basically on social media influencer marketing um, do you think it's sort of a good strategy for spreading awareness um, and I don't even know how to approach or word um, a collaboration to them that they'll want to take part in. Yeah, so interesting question. I actually just made a post and I'm sending out a newsletter at the end of this month with a 10-page document on like how to get started with your influencer planning, how to set the goals and plan the communication. So if you sign no. up, you can get that document for free. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But to to answer you here, I think influencer marketing is very important because it can become such an authentic, organic way to get the message out there. Mm-hmm. But you need to do it with the right people um, and you need to really plan it out. So for me, I think it's what I've seen some artists do if I have to obviously speak specifically to you and what you're doing is like artists would find some person with maybe a bit more followers than them I wouldn't for you maybe because you're starting out focus on lower to mid tier which would be maybe a thousand to five to ten thousand k followers Um, you can try for more if it's someone you know personally they might just you know be like oh yeah I'd love to um, work with you not no no payment needed but for you I would recommend that you reach out to some of them that you like and you'd be like hi um, I'd love to do a giveaway with you. Or I'd love to give you a freebie. Would you be willing to tag me? Um, I can give your followers a discount. So for you, that type of influencer marketing mm-hmm. is more like a collaboration, um, which I think could be really helpful for you to get more awareness out there um, because it's obviously going to be non-paid. Uh, and there's a whole lot you can actually do if you don't have a budget for, in- for influencer marketing as long as they like what you do. So I think that's the biggest thing is when you do approach them first, know what your goal is. Do you want to work with them because you need more followers? Do you want to drive more sales? Do you want, what do you want out of the collaboration? And then be very clear from the beginning and be very clear on what you can offer them. And then um, I think the most important thing is um, this is what I'm all about, letting them know um, that you care about sustainability and that this is what you're doing. And then if you are someone they're interested in, they'll definitely get back to you and be like, oh yeah, I love what you're doing, totally keen for a collab. But a lot of the time you can reach out to 10 different mm. people and only one will get back to you. Um, so yes, yeah, so I think it's just really good to keep going. Um, and, and again, just be very clear on what your goals are before you start the communication because 
Um, another thing that I see people do is like when, when they do start talking to influencers, they don't really um, like, I guess, brief them to be like, okay, cool. So I'm going to post at this time. Are you okay to post as well? Um, can you please tag all my channels and give them all the information they need as well? Um, so just being very clear so that they have everything they need. You know, they know when they need to post, you follow up, um, that all those details aren't missing because a lot of people work with influencers and then they don't tag them properly or um, there's some miscommunication. So it's very important to just iron all of that out in the beginning. Um, and the more long-term relationships you build are probably easier because every time you reach out and you negotiate, all of that takes a bit of time. So I think longevity mm. partnerships are always ideal. Um, but if you can do a different one each month and you have the time for that, then great. Um, but again, I would go look at what, what are your resources that you can offer and are willing to give them um, as it would be non-paid, mm. I'm assuming, because you're starting out. Um, and then go from there and then... But then also remember to evaluate them. So say you have done five different partnerships and you're like, you know what? The first one was actually not as engaging. I don't feel that their channel was that relevant for my brand. Then don't work with them again. So it's very important to go analyze, was it worth it? When you did work with them, was it worth it? How did it help you with sales or followers? Was it authentic? Um, how are people actually commenting to them? Because a lot of people have like thousands of followers and like five comments. And it's like, if you're, so be, be careful with that. Yes. So definitely look into their channels and everything and, and see if they're in alignment with and your brand. And what would you and say in ideas. terms of, you know, when looking for these um, influencers for clubs, like what are the biggest tells that you think, you know, when you can really sort of quickly put them in the box of, yeah, they seem great or no, they don't seem as authentic as they're letting on? Well, I think um, one thing obviously is go read up about them. If they have a website, what else are they doing? Are they into sustainability? Make sure before you reach out to them that they mm -hmm. are interested in the same things you are. Um, and then maybe go look a bit through their followers. Who's following them? Um, how many comments do they get on each post? Is the amount of comments um, equal to the amount of followers they have? Or is it very low engagement? Um, I'm always very wary if you see super low engagement um, and very high followers. Yeah. And it's like, well, did you buy half of your followers? Or are they real people? Um, so I think that's something to be careful of. But really yeah. just do your homework yourself as well. Um, I always go look at their website. What are they about? Read about them. What collabs have they done? Google them. Um, see who's tagged them. Um, so do your do your research as well so that you make a good decision before right, you yeah. reach out that's to them. That's a good, um, like, easy advice to follow, I think. That would be quite um, I can yeah. uh, sort of a non-expert can follow that yeah I can definitely uh, attempt that and I'll have to let you know how it goes oh yes I'll definitely follow your channel and keep seeing how you progress um, I just I was just thinking about um one last question um is in terms of um art-based businesses 
which sort of social media platforms do you think are best um, for growing and maybe getting your artwork to the right people? Like, is there any, like, what do you think? Well, I personally love Behance Network. Um, I think in the past when I've had to go, have you heard of, you know, Behance oh, yeah, Network, yeah. right? Yes. So I, I normally go look on there if I'm looking for a particular type of creative, but that's more portfolio based. Um, I see a lot of girls that are doing sort of, I guess, home art, digital art on Etsy, but I know yeah. Etsy takes a percentage of the sales. Um, it literally all depends on, I guess, where you think your target market is most mm-hmm. um, active. So I think it's important when you do build a strategy or a brand sort of plan, go ask a few people. Be like, hey, I know you've looked at my art or you've bought some. I just want to know, like, what are your favorite channels? Where do you normally find art inspo? I guess Pinterest would be a strong one for you um, to develop because there's a lot of home decor and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, you could also even consider, like, reaching out to different home decor or interior places and be like, hi, this is my style of art. Like, if you want to collaborate, like, happy to give some artwork as commission or to help decorate a space. Um, so there's honestly so many avenues. you just got to decide what avenue is best for yeah. your business model, basically. Um, but yeah, sorry, but off topic, but yeah, I think, I guess Pinterest would be a good one for you. Um, but, yeah, um, you're currently I mean, just on Now Instagram, and again, right? I'll share something to Pinterest, but, um, no, it's basically just Instagram and Facebook at the moment. Mm. Because I mean, art, art is yeah. home decor at the same time. So um, it's it's always good to to merge those two, I think, in some way or form. Um, and I love that you do the personalized mm. art. I think that's great. Um, so yeah, I, I guess Pinterest and home data yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I um, put more effort into sort of looking at because I love Pinterest. So I guess it would be more fun um, to sort of branch out there and start putting more of my artwork. Um, definitely yeah Pinterest can be very useful actually for external links and driving people back to your business Um, also funny enough Reddit if you share blogs or stuff on Reddit um, if you're in the right Reddit groups um, or the right Facebook groups if you find like a mom Facebook group that loves home decor so it's like always considering other groups and channels that you can share your links and get extra um, visibility a lot of people forget to do that but that that could also be helpful mm, that's a good sometimes. idea actually I didn't think about approaching Facebook groups in that way yeah because like if you find a good group that you think likes your art you can be like hi like happy to join this group and give everyone a 10 percent off um you know if you know it's the right group for you because groups seem a bit more personal um but obviously not being too salesy and normally you have to check Mm. with a group admin before you do that but um Mm. well i think that's all my questions i think you've answered (laughs) 
Fantastic. Well, I hope it was helpful and I really appreciate oh, it was you so taking helpful. the time. And I really chat. do love um, talking about topics like this. I feel like, like we've mentioned earlier, that I think creating sort of a community of women who are like-minded is quite important. And I sort of didn't realise what I was missing uh, from sort of day-to-day life, actually. Um, and it's been quite nice to just talk around sort of your ideas and ask you questions because um, I actually don't know many or any um, digital marketers. So yeah, it's been amazing actually, thank you. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for sharing your story. I'm very excited to see what you do going forward with your amazing illustrations. And to wrap up this podcast, I just wanted to let everyone know that we'll be doing a giveaway with Steffi. If you do want to get a customized artwork for a friend this Christmas, then be sure to stay tuned, her channel and mine, and we'll launch the giveaway fairly soon. And we're very excited about it. Um, So yeah, stay tuned and thank you for listening.